their secret mountain lair somewhere in Colorado, this is the Image Doctors Photography Podcast with your hosts, Jason O'Dell and Rick Walker. Hey everyone, it's time for the Image Doctors Photography Podcast. I'm Jason O'Dell. And I'm Rick Walker. And uh, we're good to be back. Uh, Rick, you had a trip we're going to talk about. That's why we weren't around last week, because you were out of the country for a bit traveling. Yeah, I was so in Portugal. Very cool. Yeah, awesome. That that sounds like fun. So we'll hear about that. It wasn't a photo trip, but it was still. No. But you still took pictures. So that, <laughs> that I did counts. take pictures. So that counts. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about your travel, your trip, your workflow, because I know you changed some stuff up. You got a new computer recently. It's made some things that you hadn't done previously more doable. So we'll talk about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Plus there's been some software updates. Most notably, there was a pretty significant update to Lightroom, all flavors, including, and and well, in Photoshop too. Um, But there was also an update to some of the Nick collection. So why don't you tell us about that first? Because you're the one who told me about it. I haven't updated yet. So (laughs) I need to do that. It's It's pretty simple to describe. Um, so they've updated a few more of their plugins, you know, and we've been using the Nick plugins for many, many years, more like decades at this point, they're very good. So the ones that they updated with the new skin, you know, meaning they now look more like some of the other ones that they've recently updated. They did color effects pro, um, which is one that you and I use a lot. And then they also updated analog effects which is one I use on occasion, but not all that frequently. And, you know, with color effects, it's mainly making it look and perform in a fashion that's similar to the other updated ones. They did include something that we asked for as a feature when we last looked at their um, last big update, which was inserting a function called Clearview into color effects. And it's like a dehazing tool. It's a bit more sophisticated than the dehaze tool in Lightroom. So it's it's quite useful if you've just got some junk in the air, smoke, um, or you just want to sharpen up things a little bit. Um, so, you know, what I've seen so far, the new filters seem to work fine. I'm not having performance problems or stability problems so far but it's you know just a couple days into it you'll have to see what you find Mm -hmm. Um, i've run it on both my older intel based macbook pro laptop and the newer um, mac studio max um, desktop computer that i got a few months ago that thing's glorious love it (laughs) super duper fast well if i ever get my tax refund that's on my list yeah that's a good one i i I'm definitely happy with it. It's nice, nice to have a desktop computer up and running again. We'll talk more about what that enables with the workflow I used on right. the trip. But bottom line on the Nick thing is, you know, we'll let people know a little bit more about what, what we think and if we're running into any issues with it. But so far, it looks good. Great. Yeah. Well, before we, as long as we're just talking about software updates, let's just hit on the Lightroom 
update that came out earlier this week. Sure. Um, and and I would say it's if a you're great using, one. Yeah, if you're using Lightroom, you definitely want if you haven't been in there in a while, go get this update because it makes some significant improvements uh, to the masking tools. And it's kind of funny because literally a week and a half ago, I gave a webinar online class on the Lightroom masking tools. And one of the questions I got was, how do you invert a complex mask? And that means a mask in which you maybe started using a brush, maybe a gradient, maybe you've subtracted some stuff from it, maybe you use one of the AI, you know, select sky or select subjects. And there's no easy way to do it because you had to go and duplicate a mask and then try to manually invert everything. And it was a royal pain. Well, has that changed per chance? Yes. And that's why I bring it up. So now this is a huge feature, in my opinion, a huge improvement just from day-to-day -day use, which is now if you create any mask, they've added a contextual you know, menu where you click, you know, you right click on the little mask options on that mask that you made. And let's say you started with a subject selection, you know, select subject, and then you've used a brush to maybe paint out, you know, erase or, or add other areas. All you have to do now is say duplicate and invert and boom, it does the, it does the composite mask and it inverts it for you. It's perfect. It's exactly what you would want from that feature. Yeah. Another nice thing that they introduced uh, is the idea of being able to create or use presets where you just punch up a sky and automatically maybe darkens it, ups the contrast, mm -hmm. maybe a little bit of clarity to bring out clouds, but just a single click and it finds the sky, finds everything else. And then what makes it even better is you can now copy um, images that you've applied those AI-based masks to, and then they just automatically generate themselves in the new images. In the past, you could copy them, but you had to do a manual update, which wasn't a huge deal, but this is so easy. It's nice. So you're essentially, for the lingo with Lightroom, it's you're storing quote-unquote brush presets with an AI mask. So you could say, okay, I'm going to do these adjustments to the sky and the command includes select the sky first which is great that's a real nice tool you know we've talked about the masking stuff before but to me this is the most transformative thing in post-processing that i've used in years mm -hmm. it is so great it is so useful so frequently it's not some corner case thing that you might do you know once a year these are things that I use on almost every single photo. And it's just, it's remarkable. And I think to our listeners, there's, you know, when I run into to clients or people come to my workshops or take my online classes, I find that there's people who are still using or think that they have to use Photoshop for everything. Um, you know, we've been saying it for a long time. The trend with Lightroom has been less and less of a need for Photoshop. There's still a need for Photoshop. It's just mm -hmm. its role to the to the casual enthusiast photographer. The I would say Photoshop's role is diminished because it is no longer where you go to do your heavy adjustments. You can do these now in Lightroom, and the AI selections make it even 
more of a reason to stay in Lightroom. And if you don't have to go to Photoshop, then you don't have to go to Photoshop. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that's, I mean, well, you still can, but, but it's, it, it really, there's so many images now that I can pretty much finish in Lightroom. Whereas before I might not have done that. Yeah. I think the other thing is, you know, we've talked about capture one and I, I've had a, a license for that for a long time, very good program, but it lacks these masking types of features. And what that means to me personally is I pretty much don't use Capture One anymore for most photos. I just don't because having that masking technology in Lightroom is such a huge thing that it swamps any other little feature that Capture One might have. Yeah. I mean, the exception might be portraits. The but, new selection tools are just so good. And then this just yeah. makes them better. So, yeah. So now you can actually create your own preset and save the, the, the AI mask uh, with the preset, which is very cool. So there's some new presets. If you're in Lightroom, just go in the left-hand side when you're in the masking panel and you'll see, or you know, the presets panel, you'll see AI stuff. It'll be sky and it'll have like, you know, you can click that. And then the next thing you know, it auto selects the sky and applies the sliders and you can still go in and manually tweak the sliders to your own taste which is a cool thing too yeah anyway that's that's i mean there was other stuff other updates but that to me was the big stuff that that yeah. came out this is more than just a um camera raw update with uh, new lens and camera model support this is a significant update yeah good stuff all right so you went to portugal and you were gone for a couple of weeks and yeah. And uh, tell me about your trip. You know, where did you kind of, where did you go? Well, first it was my <laughs> wife and I going with two other couples. So it was a total of six of us traveling. More of a vacation than a. Very you, much you, you so. Were, you are, a photography trip. And these are friends that we've had for a very long time. Um, you know, on the order of 35 years. So, you know, long-term friends. And it was. It was great, but like you said, it was not a, a photo thing. It was a fun trip with friends, and I took pictures, you know, along the way. So expectation management—that's a good yeah. thing to have. Yeah. When you're traveling with five other people who aren't photographers, you don't want to be the fifth wheel. No, <laughs> you no. Really so don't. things that you know I would have done, there were if I were by myself, or more importantly, let's say in a workshop good example might be our Santa Fe and Taos one right. in October that people can still sign up for. You can just spend time working subjects, different lighting, different ideas. And, and that's just not feasible with a, a group of non-photographers. Um, you'll drive them nuts and they'll drive you nuts in the process too. So right. it's best just not to even go there. So what we, we had gone back and forth offline outside of the podcast about, mm -hmm your decisions is what to bring. And I think we had decided that you were going to bring your Olympus or your OM system. OM one. Is that what you settled mm -hmm. on? Yeah. And, uh, and then a couple of lenses, right? Yeah. And you know, the de big debate is, do you bring more and have them available? If you choose to use them, you know, let's say stored back in the room or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I did sneak in a few extra things but I could have left them at home. You know, what I ended up using um, in addition to the OM-1 camera was 
a 12 to 45 F4 zoom, which is a really nice, extremely compact little zoom, you know, sharp as heck, no complaints. And then a fixed focal length lens that was faster, a 20 millimeter 1.4. So that'd be the equivalent of, of a 40 millimeter mm-hmm. lens. We've talked about things in that category. Yeah, before. absolutely. I love them. Um, so if those were really the two that I used. And if I were to do it again, those are all that I would take because I could make it work. I had a longer telephoto zoom. I had a much wider wide angle zoom and I had a fisheye. And the telephoto zoom I used a little bit I could have gotten away not using it. The other stuff I just barely used. Yeah. And it's interesting because a few months ago when we gave a travel photography webinar uh, to Nikonians, we were their webinar mm-hmm. guests and, you know, we put a slide deck together. And one of the things you talked about when we were, when we were talking about packing, um, it's that fear of missing out syndrome. You right. think you have to bring everything. Oh my God, I need my fisheye and I need my 300 and I, you know, better pack the 600 F4, honey, you know, like kind of think is, you know, we might see a bird and, yeah. you know, and you, you have to get over that emotionally. And, and, and it's hard because what happens is you end up bringing, you know, a too much and B, it just becomes a liability. It's a liability in, in the amount of stuff you have to carry and the weight. Sure. Your Olympus system is pretty small, but, but um, it becomes a liability if you have to leave stuff behind, because then you want to make sure it's locked up and secured in a safe and, and all this thing. So the, 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 the surprising answer is that more often than not, you will end up bringing more than you actually use. And then you have to get over that fear and say, you know what, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. And to be clear, I never hauled all of it out with me. That was never my plan from the get go. So I actually started with the two lenses I mentioned that, you know, I took 95% of the shots with. And sometimes I would selectively try one of the others, but generally not. Yeah. For the most part, they were safe as heck back in our rooms or whatever. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's true though. I mean, it, it really, it really is true. So now, you were shooting that and you were saying to me when we were talking, when you got back from your trip, that you did something differently workflow wise this time for the first time, because in the past, and it was for, it was for technology reasons, you know, hardware limitations, you tended when you were traveling to just shoot a combined like raw plus JPEG workflow mm-hmm. and then download the JPEG, say to your iPad or or whatever or even use your camera to produce a jpeg just so that you could share a few photos easily Mm -hmm. and then when you get home you download all the raw photos and you go through them the real way right Right. Uh, or you know your traditional workflow where you're now bringing everything into say lightroom or whatever but this time you did something different which was you brought your raw files into your ipad am i correct yeah and now to be clear i have used this workflow in the past it's the the problem i had was with my desktop computer being from 2009. Yeah, okay. It was not the one I wanted to edit with. It was the one I w- where I wanted to store the images, but not edit, edit them. So it, it kind of got all dorked up. But yeah, so I downloaded uh, images from the camera, you know, each night 
you know, just using a card reader into my iPad and my iPad is like a five-year-old iPad pro. So it's not a super zoomy one. It's not as powerful as mm-hmm. the, the current ones, but that worked fine. Cause the raw files from the OM one aren't huge. They're like 20 mega megabytes or so mm-hmm. in size. So they're not enormous ones. So they would download quickly. And then, you know, the cool thing about it is they get pushed up to the cloud as well. So now you're so, using Lightroom for your iPad. So let's just be, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're, you know, so that's the, you know, there's eight flavors of Lightroom, right? So there's Lightroom right. Classic, which runs on your desktop and then, well, which is based on your desktop. And then there's Lightroom, which used to be called mobile, but now it's just called Lightroom or Lightroom CC or whatever the heck they call it. I can't remember. And that's the one that is cloud-based. But it also Which is runs still a desktop, right? There's a desktop face for it, but it's a cloud-based Lightroom, and that's yeah. the one that also is synchronous, uh, uh, interface-wise, with what you can get on an iPad and what you can get on an iPhone mm-hmm. or a phone or or whatever. And and we've both used this, and it's and it's quite quite nice. So so now you put your your pictures into your iPad into Lightroom, and they're you're on Wi-Fi, right? So the photos were going up to the Adobe cloud. Yeah. And my computer that I mentioned, you know, that Mac studio max desktop thing was up and running back home with Lightroom up. And I had it configured so that basically the stuff would go up from the iPad into the cloud, down from the cloud into Lightroom Mm -hmm. on my desktop computer. It would actually go into dated folders Right. You know, year, month, date kind of thing sitting on one drive. And all of the edits that I did to the on the iPad flowed into those files as well. So there were little sidecars and stuff created. And so when I got home, I um, basically got onto Lightroom, created a new folder called Portugal 2022 or something like (laughs) that. And dragged all those dated folders into that one and was in pretty good shape. I ran a renaming operation on all the files, just my new, you mm-hmm. know, my typical file naming scheme that I, I've used for a long time because I can't do that on right. the mobile apps, which right. is a little bit silly. But everything worked and it was great. Yeah. I, I had, you know, ISO adaptive presets that I loaded up for the OM1. It worked on the iPad, so the right sharpening, nice. noise reduction, everything automatically got done on them. Worked pretty slick. And, yeah, and 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 to be clear, um, you can use the cloud-based Lightroom from a desktop computer. But what you were actually doing was you have your Lightroom catalog in classic Lightroom, yeah. synchronizing with with the cloud, which you can do. So there's some caveats to it. Um, one, uh, the, big, the biggest one is whether or not you have enough Adobe cloud storage space. So if you're going to do a lot of raw this way, you're going to probably need to upgrade to the one terabyte storage plan, which, you know, which we both have. But but it's, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it tends to be overkill for the way that we use it. Um, once the photos are on your desktop computer, on your hard drive, you don't need to store them in the cloud anymore. Um, right. But for those times when you're traveling, it's extremely useful. And then the one other area, which is really huge improvement, and it ties back to the to the stuff we were talking about, these Lightroom updates, is because Lightroom 
classic and Lightroom cloud, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> both got these abilities to, to have the, the smart AI-based selection tools. So because of that, your ability to edit stuff on your iPad just got a whole lot easier when you are traveling. And if you want to do that select sky operation. And if invert, you have a newer iPad than I have. Okay, that's true. Uh, yeah, you have to have the hardware requirements. But even if yeah. you don't, you know, you can still do this workflow. Um, and if people have questions about this workflow, it's something that you and I have done for a long time. So drop us a note um, because there's some tricks for setting it up. Um, um, and some some caveats that we don't have time to go into today, but it does work if you set it up this way. It, it does work. You can it, do cool things, and I had it set up so you know shots I made on my iPhone, you know that were JPEGs or HEX, um, automatically float into the Lightroom catalog as well, just yeah, interspersed like that. they should be. Um, it was really nice. Yeah, the Lightroom mobile app is a great way to synchronize pictures from your phone into your traditional Lightroom uh, catalog, especially if you're on a trip like this, where you got a mix of, you know, photos from your big camera and then iPhone or phone pictures. And you can have them both go into the same dated folders in the same structure when you get home. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing greater than getting home and having all your pictures already downloaded and everyone sure. that has a little pick flag on it. So you already know where the good ones are. You can just go filter that. Yeah. And then, and you've already done a lot of your triage while you were traveling. No, it's um, nice. It, it is really and cool. Then just a short update on the OM1 uh, camera. I really, really like it. You know, it's the way it's being marketed is targeted toward bird photographers and um, wildlife photographers, especially a little bit of adventure stuff. But it, it is usable for so many other things. And it's wonderful. Um, when you're out traveling, it's just so small and light, but also well-made and capable. Mm -hmm. So I just had a blast using it. It was tremendously fun. You know, well, we've talked about the idea in the past where certain cameras have charisma. Others do not. Mm -hmm. This one has charisma. That's good. And and I'll tell you, um, I'm not in the market to go spending a lot of money on another system, but I think if I were going to have a supplemental system that's the one i'm looking at the hardest because yeah. of its size because of the travel because of the ease of use for having it's a real plenty, camera in the travel plenty of resolution i had no problems with dynamic range i had no problems with noise um and the results just look great and there you go so I, uh, so it's 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 delightful for travel truly well, is it's, it's good to be back it's good to have you back here in town um hopefully we'll get through this uh all this pollen and dust and smoke that's in the air and get our voice back but uh all this crud but uh in um our listeners if you're out there and you've got a suggestion for us or if we left something out and you want to tear us a new one go ahead and find us on facebook uh facebook.com an easier one is just doctors. talk more about something which we're always happy to do yeah so. it's all it's, it can be very casual it doesn't have to be a detailed uh yeah. a detailed thing but that's facebook.com slash image doctors and until next time happy shooting all right bye-bye